Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LeBondra looking to get outside of Bond. LeBondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! Three points running! Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rules preview podcast previewing the Coventry City match uh, on Saturday, 150th anniversary match. Before we get on to the Coventry City match, uh, Paul is joining me today to look back at the seventh defeat in a row for Reading FC as we lost last night against Bristol City. Lucky me, Alex. Um, I'm so looking forward to talk about yet another defeat um, well, some someone has to do it paul and you drew the short straw <laughs> yeah i'm the gullible idiot who volunteered to do this yeah courage it's just just take me through the misery alex just take me back there well, yeah well, let's not spend hours and hours on it because uh it feels like um deja vu to the last six podcasts we've done unfortunately we did make some changes last night to the team um Carl Hine started in goal. Uh, we also didn't see Swift start, which was maybe a little bit surprising. Tom Ince came in for his first start as well. I mean, did you would you expect these changes after such a break, Paul, or were you um, kind of expecting to do the same team we saw previously? Yeah, I mean, the one change I think most people would have been happy to see is Drinkwater dropping out of the team because I think that gave us a bit more... Oh, God, I really don't want to say the word energy because there really wasn't that much in the first half at all. But, yeah, I think John Swift probably did deserve to be dropped after his recent performances. He hasn't been great at all. Maybe the transfer window stuff going on hasn't helped him, but generally he hasn't been good for quite a while. South one was a little bit surprising because he has made mistakes uh, in his period since uh, Raphael punched the whiteboard. But... In this last game against QPR, I thought he's probably our best player despite conceding four, which is also ridiculous. Again, just shows how bad the situation is. But has Hein come in, Alex, do you think? Possibly. He's a 19-year-old goalkeeper on loan from Arsenal. What are we going to gain from him playing for us? But it's quite handy for Kia, possibly. 
I'm just putting that suggestion out there that as he's a client of one of his uh, management companies, I just wonder what's going on there. Can't prove this. It just feels a little bit dodgy to me. It is a bit funny how we've managed to bring in a, a goalkeeper to come in and play for its first league game from a club that Kier is also heavily associated with. Directly or indirectly, somehow, maybe they'll, maybe not, that that's uh, something that's happening. Um, the first half, Paul, I didn't think we were that bad. It wasn't good, but I don't think it was bad up until the 42 fourth minute or so we did create a couple of chances um Deli Bashiru went through kind of against almost a, not quite a one-on-one -on -one, but he went through on goal after a, a decent pass through from Hoylet um and his shot was blocked from about 18 or 19 yards and went out for a corner we didn't create a whole ton of chances but that one along with Morrison's header from a corner uh it, it felt like Reading were even in the first 35 minutes or so. Not in a good quality game, that has to be said, but they were at least even. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I don't think it was, it was a basically a game of two dreadful teams, wasn't it? Uh, I don't think anyone can say that was a festival of football last night. As the I like to say on Sky Sports when they got games on there, that was a great advert for the championship. That 100% was not a good advert for the championship last night. Both teams are really poor, but I agree. It's amazing, isn't it? If you get that one moment when uh, Adeli Bashuri goes through on goal, he has a little bit of luck, maybe that goes in off the post or something. You go ahead. And then I think to myself, how many times have we given away leads? So probably in reality, Alex, it wouldn't have made any difference. But it's the hope, isn't it? You never know. Bristol City was so poor that we could have got a result there. The Morris one, that was a little bit unlucky as well. A decent enough header, but too many players in the way. But before the 44th minute, I don't remember Bristol City really having any clear shots or chances that I, I think they had one. Leader. I think they had one where Carl Hine made a save and it was parried away and yeah, put true. out for a corner. Um but you so should 40... save that though, shouldn't you? Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah. fairly comfortable save for him. Yeah. yeah. Um the 44th minute though. Uh, Vyman, who's probably their best player, I think, he kind of got put through um, for, uh, with a free ball and beat Holmes in the box, probably a little bit too easily. Uh, Carl Hine Carl made the save off his foot from seven or eight yards out at a pretty tight angle, but it, the ball's bounced back to him and uh, he's played it across to Semenyo. Semenyo, um, who's tapped home from five yards. And the amount of times I feel like we see opposition teams score against us from four or five yards out is incredible. Uh, it, it happens so often, Paul. And to concede just before half-time was just, it's just dreadful timing once again. It's just dire, isn't it? You sat there watching it in Europe, the game there, Alex, and you're thinking, just get through to half-time here. Just say it out. It's just the game management of the players. It's just abysmal. We do it time after time when we concede late goals. The one at Middlesbrough, another one that you were there for. We give the game away. You just cannot control the situations. When you go in at halftime and it's nil-nil, you think, okay, there's pressure going to build on Bristol City here as well. There's, it's on us. 
But they're expected to win that game, not comfortably because they're not amazing, as we've mentioned. But it's so frustrating. And I, I can't, I don't think you can blame the goalie for that goal. I think he's done everything that he can do there. You need a little bit of luck, maybe again. But luck isn't the reason that's poor defending, isn't it, from multiple players there. And oh, I, so frustrating with Tom Holmes because I think there is a decent player in there. But repeatedly, I keep he keeps on making mistakes. And if only we could drop him out at some point, as I've said so many times before, I don't want to go through that again. But it's I, a major, major concern. And we just top it off, Alex, don't we, by the start of the second half. And yet again, we make a horrendous error, which kind of kills the game, doesn't it? Yeah, the second half, we've conceded, what we conceded, I think it was about 90 seconds into the second half. I imagine there was a lot of fans who probably weren't even back at their you know, back of their seats by this point. Um, Holmes dragged out of position, coming out for a ball. Morrison's cleared it and it's bounced straight off a Bristol City player. And at that point, your two central defenders are out of position. Rinomota's trying to cover and the ball just goes across and Bristol City overload, a far, overload on the far side and play it back across and Morrison puts it into his own net when he's trying to, trying to come back. Um and the game is pretty much over, really, uh, as, as most, you know, most Reading fans would think at that point, once you've conceded a second goal. It's it, it, the second goal, Paul, was a very, very frustrating one to concede because it's it's so it was very, very predictable. Once you saw Morrison uh, try and clear the ball and it bounced off of the Bristol City player back into his like back into his path. We could all see it from the away end where the ball was going to go because we all knew it was going to go across from the right hand side, right across the pitch to the left uh, uh, to their left hand side, um, and you had a player who overlapped on on Andy Yeardham, and there was there was nothing they could do um, because they they've been out like outmanned there. That's just dreadful, isn't it? And only about ten seconds before this, I'd actually tweeted, "I'm I'm going to employ a uh, blind faith mode here again." And that lasted just, I think it was less than a minute. I mean, it just like completely killed me again. Um, just watching it back, you watch Morrison's reaction to it afterwards and you can understand his frustration. I don't think there's much he can do about it when it gets to him because of all the reasons that you've pointed out. He, he's trying to cover, isn't he? But we then see the team kind of come alive. They decide that, they're going to make some changes. We see Swift come on. We see Drinkwater come on. And why does it take us to be 2-0 down to decide to actually have some shots, show some intensity, play those balls into the area, try and create space and movement, Alex? I do not understand why that is. I mean, I could give a suggestion that the team are really weak and they only like it when actually they've got nothing to lose. I mean, if you look at the stats since we've had like had the points deduction, we picked up six points from a possible 36. I mean, that's crap, isn't it? Nine, 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 mentally really weak. Yeah, it's nine points in 51 now. It's just, just pretty awful. Um, however, you're the opposite of Derby, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the last 20 minutes, as you say, the team did fight a bit, um, and they did. They did put some shots in and in. They were attacking. Um, we won a penalty with about 15 minutes to go. Tom Ince, I think it was probably a little bit of a soft penalty watching the replay. Um, 
you know, from in the ground, it looked blatant, but actually watching the replay, I think Tomins has probably gone down quite easily um, diving into the Bristol City player, but not going to complain too much. John Swift puts the penalty away fairly comfortably. It's a good penalty. Um, keeper, keeper gets close, but it's a, it's a pretty decent penalty, um, all things considered. Last 10 minutes or so, Paul, is pretty much attack versus defence. Um, I, I think Bristol City had hit the post before this as well, and it could have been 3-1. But the last 10 minutes or so, is, it's all reading at that point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it was actually good. It could have been 3-0 when they hit the post. That was a oh. bad error from Hein uh, again. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a lot of attacking. There was a lot of attacking. There were shots from Swift. There was one from Drinkwater. There was one from uh, Lauren. I mean, the Drinkwater one... That's crazy. Morrison in stoppage is, time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he stopped it going in by getting in the way of it. Uh, it's the kind of thing that happens, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he can do anything about it. It's coming in so quickly. I'm sure he 100% did not want to do that. I, I'm fairly certain the drink water <laughs> shot there in injury time. It, it is probably going to end up in the net looking at the where they're like looking at the angle and how he's hit it. It looks like it's going in and Morrison has just stood in the wrong place, essentially. And he's, he's A, he's offside. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway, even if it had bounced off and then gone in. Um, and B, he's somehow managed to block the shot. So, yeah, just double double frustration. Um, Sometimes you just have to laugh at these things. I, I know it's, it's really bleak, but it's the kind of crap that you watch from other teams and you think, what are they doing? And we are now that team at the moment. I sincerely hope we come out of this. And maybe we will. Maybe we will. There'll be a miraculous kind of like Lazarus revival from Panovic and all of a sudden it's going to be a six game winning run I'm not believing this at all whilst I'm saying it but you just never know <laughs> you live in hope don't you but uh, it's the hope it's the hope that they gave us in those last 10 minutes it's cruel it is yeah. cruel you're kind of like you're watching it and you're thinking I know it's not coming but I have that little bit of just glint of hope inside my heart that we might get a point there. And if you pick up a result, things can change quickly. But it's the fact that we're okay. We play okay. We played okay against Middlesbrough. We played okay against Huddersfield. But, but we're losing. We've lost all it, of it doesn't matter. Games. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. If you just look at last night as a one-off game, you say, that's a standard championship game. These things happen. But not when you're getting seven on the trot. And the run before it is sorry, I, I've gone off on a rant there, Alex. Sorry about that. Ultimately, you're right. It, it, as a one-off game, was last night horrendous? Was it the worst thing I've ever seen? No. But when it's the culmination of six league defeats in a row, seven league defeat, or oh, seven defeats in all competitions, two wins in nineteen, it, it, like it's it's just another another one to add to the list, right? Um, the, the way crowd turned against Panovic by the end, again, um, it's it seems fairly likely that he's here for the season. Um, it's difficult to see that changing. Uh, but Benji from the Reading Chronicle hosted a Twitter spaces last night and seems to be a there seems to be a an understanding, Paul, I think is probably the best way to put it, that it isn't necessarily FFP or a points deduction, which is preventing Panovic from being sacked, but actually it's that the club don't feel like they are going to be able to replace Panovic due to the fact that he's on such a low wage in the championship. Yeah, I think that's what we can kind of 
put together from what Benji's been saying. He's not saying this is absolutely 100% fact, just to cover him on that. It's just his feeling from talking to people at the club. And he also did clarify that obviously he hasn't spoken to the CEO and he hasn't spoken to the owner on this. So this is just a kind of um, a few assumptions he's putting together. And Benji will know stuff that we won't know that's going on at the club. He's a reporter and speaks to people about the situation there. Um, yeah, my gut feeling is that it's very clear. It's, he has to go. Um, I've said this for quite a few weeks. There's no hiding that. Um, it's not a personal thing. I don't dislike him as a person, but as football, it's been dreadful. It's been absolutely terrible. And he really needs to change. And just for his own sake, it, it doesn't look right. Um, it's not good seeing a manager in that state when they're feeling... You know, in this situation, it's slowly getting out of control and the interviews are getting more and more frosty with the local mm. media. It is difficult. I understand that. You see that as a human. and You don't want to see him keep going through that. But obviously there is going to be a protest, which we've jointly backed with Club 1871. Uh, Saturday starting from one o'clock outside the stadium. Um, it won't just stop at one minute past one in case you're thinking how long is it going to go on for it will go on until say half two Alex maybe probably probably around half past two yeah and it will be mainly probably I assume around Panovic based this um, uh, weekend because he's the most immediate change that we need realistically is this all going to magically change everything at Reading Football Club if we all protest no it isn't but I do feel that something has to happen. Something has to be made clear to the owner and to the club how our fans feel about this situation. If you don't want to go, I also understand that as well. I repeatedly say this, this is not a competition to find out who's the best fan because that's a bollocks uh, thing. I'm never a fan of that at all. But if you do want to go, please try and spread the word. And also, let's just try and keep everything kind of calm enough I want everything to be legal. I don't want anything stupid happening because it will not help us or Club 1871 going forward with any kind of protest, gathering, walk, whatever happens in the future. I don't know. Just think about that. A moment being stupid could really hurt us as a group and the message that we want to get over to the club. So just don't sell our flares if you just don't do it. Okay. And that would be my thought to you. And don't be an idiot while you're there. That's just my worry. It is Alex, I have to say, and I don't want to see that happen because the message is there and you look at all the other fan groups and there hasn't been too many issues there. I'm not saying there hasn't been any, but let's try and keep it so we can keep on doing these things. And hopefully one day we won't need to do them because some of the numbers, issues- numbers and noise. Yeah, that's for. it. We want numbers and noise. And yeah. if there's only, we have no idea how many people are going to be there. We have no projection to talk, do we, Alex? No, I was I was going to say 15,000, 20,000. <laughs> we actually have no idea, no. So, yeah, definitely one to, to you know, spread the word about if you are going to come, um, you know, bring your friends who come to the games, turn up with your brother, your dad, your mum, whoever, you, you know, Whoever, bring whoever you bring anyone, yeah, yeah. whoever you go to the game with, you know, yeah. bring them along. Um, you know, it's 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 a chance to make your voice heard at the end of the day, and that's that's all that I can really say about it right now. I think um, 
Of course, we do actually have a football game on Saturday as well, Paul, against Coventry. And I'll discuss Coventry in a little bit more detail with Sky Sky Blue Fans TV after we've finished talking. But um, I guess, would you make any changes to the Reading team Saturday based on last night? I mean, you've got to bring Swift back in. Um, I, I would always have Swift in your my, my team. I think he has to start. Um, drink water, I wouldn't start with, despite him coming on and doing okay. The goalkeeper, I guess he's going to play, isn't he? Um, that's the situation we're in. I mean, that's obviously not easy for Panovic, if that's correct. We don't know that, but it could be. Um, so, yeah, that's about it, really. Um, Ovi Ajaria, what's going on there? We hear he's got another injury. I don't know. It is, who knows? Yeah, He's gone, broken, yeah. just, you know. Vanished from vanished from thin air by the sounds of it. Um, I love Ovi as well, and it's a real shame. I'm such a big fan of him. I'm completely big, blind to his faults quite a lot of the time. I will yes, openly admit big, that. <laughs> big big talent, but if it's not on the field, then it's uh, no, no, it's no, not really worth it. Fair, he's done nothing club. wrong. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, Coventry are sitting in mid table at the minute. They're on 41 points. They drew this week in midweek against Blackpool. Um, Away, uh, at home, one all, and they are currently five points off the playoffs with a couple of games in hand. So there is probably every chance that they will be a playoff contender or close to at the end of the season. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, hold out hope that somehow Reading can do something in front of a big crowd. There is precedent for Reading usually embarrassing themselves in these big games, though, Paul. Yeah, Burton. Yeah, that's that's giving you all trauma, haven't you? Hasn't it? He's listened to this. <laughs> You're all having those flashbacks of that own goal, one of the most ridiculous own goals I've ever seen, Alex. That was horrendous, wasn't it? Yeah, let's let's hope there's nothing like that on Saturday. Um, can't, we've can't got be, potential. Can't we've got potential. Um, Paul, go on. Give me a score prediction for Saturday. Oh, I'm just going to go for a blind faith again, 2-1. I don't believe it for a second that we're going to really going to win. I, I can't see anything to base it on, but why not? Why not? Um, better than saying we're going to get lose again. Um, if you play enough games, eventually you have to win, don't you? Surely, right? Mm, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Sure. We don't know. I've still got, still got 17 games left. Fingers crossed there's at least one win in there somewhere, but who knows? Um Next, I'm going to be joined by Sky Blue Fans TV to discuss Coventry. I've been joined now by Glenn from Sky Blue Fans TV to discuss Coventry City. Glenn, how are we today? I'm all right. Looking forward to Saturday and hopefully a win to get our season back on track. Yeah, Coventry have had a reasonably good season so far. Um, although you're sitting just in mid-table at the minute, just just outside the top half, you do have a couple of games in hand. And it feels like there's, I guess, quite a lot of optimism around Coventry and, and how their season could end up going. Yeah, I, I think we've we've hit, we've been playing quite, quite well and not getting the results. That's, that's kind of been the story. Um, since we've obviously had like an 18 day break um, due to COVID where we drew at Huddersfield, played really well, probably should have won the game. Then we returned against against Millwall and that was a bit of a debate whether Millwall were going to play because they had COVID. We lost 1-0 and then we went on a decent run uh, of 
of performance. We've won two out of the next three, but we played QPR, played them off the park and somehow lost 2-1. Played Middlesbrough off the park, lost 1-0. Went to Southampton and lost 2-1 somehow, and not really sure how. And then did the same on Tuesday night against Blackpool. So we're just not getting the results that our performances probably merit at the moment. We just seem to have keepers having worldies or missing chances at the moment, unfortunately. Whereas early in the season, the the shots or chances were falling for us and going in. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the season, we played in what would have been the third, third or fourth, fourth game of the season, I think it was. Reading did take the lead in that game through John Swift and kind of one of the, uh, I guess, one of the hallmarks of of Coventry's season this year so far has been late goals. Um, and that that game had it, 98th minute winner for, for Coventry. What What is it that Coventry have got, which seems to be in that squad, enabling them to score so many goals late on in games? Because it's, it's not just the Reading game where you've, you've kind of scored late on to to either pick up a point or, or go on and win a game, is it? I think it's it's self-belief. Obviously, the season we went, we left the we left the Rico, it was at that time, we went to St Andrews. And we, it was obviously, we won the first game there. We had a hardcore of fans that went and, and we, we kept finding a way to win games. And I think the more and more you do that, the more and more it breeds confidence. Having the last season, obviously, we didn't have the fans in grounds, and that I think had a massive impact because they are like a 12th man. We obviously returned back to Coventry Forest, first game back, 97th minute winner. It was a bit lucky, the keeper makes the pig's ear of it, goes in, but then once you do that, it kind of you think, Well, we keep doing it, and they are the players we have are really fit, um, well organized, and, and they have a belief belief in the system um it just summed it up on on saturday we went two one down against southampton and we responded with five minutes to go we had three or four great chances to equalize and take it to penalties um and that's it's just that winning mentality i think obviously comes from mark robbins being under so alex ferguson as well that you keep going till the last kick because I, I, my dad always says to me with, with, if we get to like five, ten minutes to go, you normally always get one chance. And we tend to not just get one chance, we tend to get two or three. So it's it's positive. The problem we've had at the moment is we probably don't have the strength and depth to, to give the options. Early on in the season, we had four strikers where we could bring them on and rotate them. We're down to two and an unproven youngster at the moment with Matty Godden being out injured and Tyler Walker being away. So it, we, we, it's not good for the heart, <laughs> keep doing it all the time. I mean, we nearly scored late on again on, on, on Tuesday night with Hamer with the last kick of the game and he blazed it over. So it's not good if you have high blood pressure or heart problems. It's a bit stressful sometimes. You're using all these words like fitness and chances and belief. I don't, I don't, don't know what any of these words mean. Um, I'll have to go and look them up after the podcast. Um, you, yeah, you mentioned Matty Godden. In, in, I think he was the, the player who got the winner against Reading earlier in the season. Him being out injured is it's only only a good thing really for Reading this weekend because he's he's scored ten goals this season so far, um, and he always he always seems to play well against us. Um, I guess out, outside now that Godden is isn't going to be playing this weekend, which players do you think that? 
uh, Reading will struggle to, to deal with this weekend, potentially. Um, just going back to Matty Godden, um, his winner with the Reading commentary is probably my highlight of the season, where as he scores, the Reading commentator goes, oh no, <laughs> which is quite probably the highlight of my season because it was quite funny. Um, the players I would look out for, there's about four that are really, really stand out. There's obviously Victor Jokerez, who started the season really, really well on fire. Um, picked up a quite bad ankle injury against Blackburn and kind of played through it um, and form tailed off. But he's back on form. Scored it, scored, scored on Tuesday night, scored on Saturday, um, and also scored against Stokes. He's got three goals in his last four games, so he's really on good form. Uh, a lot of people will probably know about Gustavo Hamer, um, who has a part uh, has a the walking, walking for yellow cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should it should be he he's Brazilian is the song we sing. It should be he's booked again because he tends to accumulate yellow cards. I think he's the most booked player in the championship, I believe. So yeah, he he's a definitely typical player with a bit of South American flair in him. Great passer, great offset pieces, can strike a ball really well. And when he plays well, we play well. He's had a bit of an injury problem, which is kind of hampered our form. Uh, the one player who probably is a bit of an unsung hero for us is Ben Sheaf. He obviously had a bit of a mixed start to his Cov career. We, it was a projected transfer that took a long time to come through. Um, he's obviously played at Arsenal. Arsenal Wenger gave him his first team debut. He'd been at Doncaster and played quite well. He'd had a bit of a hit and miss season last season. This season, he's been absolutely superb. He was probably man of the match against Southampton. Played 120 minutes, was all around the pitch. Sums up when he does the basics really well, wins the ball back. Passes it. Obviously set up Victor for his goal on Saturday. And the final one is Callum O'Hare. If he could score, he'd be as good as some of the very best players in the Championship. And he would probably be playing in the Premier League. He just hits hits the keeper, miss kicks it. I've seen him miss some absolute sitters for Carl. Uh, and then he scores some really good goals for us. It's just, it's just the query of getting him to click if we can get him to click he would be 10 million plus player but uh, he just he just doesn't doesn't score enough and we don't we don't take the chances that he creates to make him that outstanding player that a lot of the metrics you look at and the analytics and you speak to the stats people they single it him out along with like brennan johnson at forest and a few other players as the top players in the championship so they're the four that i would rate the other outsider is Simon Moore, who's been a great signing. We've got a real solid keeper there, and he he, he makes some really good saves. Um, obviously, he, he helped set up the goal against uh, you guys at the Rico with a great goal kick, and we won the flick on, etc. And, and he's a great shot stopper as well. So they would be the five that I'd pick out. Yeah, having having signed him on a free transfer, that that was a really a really good really good piece of business in reality because. Uh... As you say, I think he's a he's a top quality goalkeeper for someone who's kind of he's been around been around for the best part of a decade now. It feels like in the championship, um, so to have got him this year on a on a free is a really nice signing. Obviously, um, this weekend is Reading's hundred and fiftieth anniversary, um, and 
I guess Coventry have had their fair share of um, poor ownership in the last decade plus. Do you, it, does it feel like that is kind of like now, I guess, come full circle and settle down within Coventry now that you now that the club is back within the city and you're able to um, able I guess able to enjoy the club in Coventry. Yeah, I think it obviously the move to Birmingham split the fan base quite quite dramatically on it. Um, I obviously went to St Andrews. I kind of fell back in love with the club and I, I started going and, and it was enjoyable. It was a bit of a throwback to the old days of Highfield Road, to be honest, St Andrews. But I think towards the end, it got a bit of a nightmare. Like, like say, driving back late from Birmingham kind of got a bit tedious after a while. Um, I think generally there was a lot of positivity when the announcement came out that we were returning back to Coventry. And obviously it showed with the gates now we've had this season. I think we're consistently, excluding the FA Cup tie, I think we're consistently over like 15,000 gates, which is really good. Um, there's a general vibe of positivity around the club, um, which is really good. I think there's still some question marks over the ownership. We've got a few concerns about the pitch. The pitch hasn't been in great, Nick. We do kind of think that maybe Wasps have been forced to do a deal with us because of obviously the pandemic and the money issues. And also, I think it had a negative impact on them in the local community that they were kind of seen as the villain of the piece, letting us not doing a deal with us and moving us on. Um, obviously, there's long-term rumours that we may well be looking at building our own stadium um, on the outskirts of Coventry. So we wait and see what happens. But I think in the short term, it's definitely positive to be back in Coventry. I think maybe long term, if we are going to progress and look at going in the, into a Premiership, which is, I think, every Cov fans wish that Mark Robbins does like an Eddie Howe um, or Chris Wilder and, and takes the team up to the Premier League, because I think I think he deserves a, a crack at it for the service he's given us. I think we ma- we're going to need either major investment or we're going to have to sell a player for a lot of money in. And by well, a la like Brentford have done with like Ollie Watkins and stuff like that. You sell a player and invest it and build a team up and then gradually take that next step. But yeah, I don't think there's any, at the moment, anger towards Sisu. I think they've kind of built a few bridges. They've learned from some major mistakes. They've kind of shunted the people who alienate the fan base to the background and they've obviously we've got Dave Body who's come on board and he's been massively good at getting the fans and sports club, etc., engaged with the players. And, and they're they're really good in the community, Coventry. Obviously, since the pandemic, it's kind of restricted that. But pre-pandemic, we regularly have players come to local supporters club meetings. So yeah, there's and generally the players, if you ask them to do anything, they're great. They'll stop and have a picture. They'll the amount of kids that have got shirts off players because they've took signs with them saying please can I have your shirt is, um, I think Gustavo Hamer gives your shirt away every every game he probably gives a boot away every game or two so yeah he must be uh, he must have a, a, an endless supply of shirts and boots to be keep doing that but yeah there's there's definitely a positive vibe the only negative is obviously where we were we went top um, even if it was just briefly against Peterborough and then obviously we stuffed Fulham for one and ever since that we've kind of not hit the same heights and we'd hate for it to be end of season and think it's a bit of an if only we could have been 
if a Huddersfield or a Luton maybe sneak into the playoffs, you might think to yourself, why is that not us? But I think generally we're making huge strides and we've come a lot further than any Cough fan would expect. I think if you said where we are now, we finished the season, most Cough fans would have accepted that at the start of the season. I think it's just we, we kind of get, get a bit greedy because of where we've gone to. I think it's 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 almost similar to to not quite the same extent, but it's it's similar to where Reading were last year. If you'd asked Reading fans last year if they would have taken seventh at the start of the year, we all would have said yes, definitely. But given the start, it was disappointing. Um, so I can I can understand if, if if Coventry end up missing out on the playoffs by a you know small margin that it would be uh, it would be more disappointing than than. It'll be disappointing in the immediate anyway, um, which would be, yeah, it'd be a shame. Um, it is good to hear, I guess, that you've got a set of owners who you've been through both bad times and good times with. Um, I feel like maybe that will give some Reading fans some hope for the uh, some hope for the future that it isn't all necessarily uh, going to be downhill forever. Fingers crossed. Um, Glenn, just before we wrap up, could you give me a score prediction? I know there's pretty much a sellout, I think, from Coventry this weekend, isn't it? So yeah, um, there's the away fans. quite a lot of fans in the away end. Yeah, it was pretty much a sellout. Um, our away support is is really good at the moment. We pretty much sell out most allocations and even quickly. I mean, we took 5,000 to Southampton and there was way more than 5,000 because there was loads of Cov fans in the home end. Um, so the away support's great. Um I'm a bit torn because I know we have a bit of a thing. Uh, we have a phrase we say we cov it up. We we lose games we shouldn't. In our promotion season in League Two, we managed to lose to Forest Green home and away. We lost to Accrington. Um, yeah, we we dropped. We lost six two at home to Yeovil. We have a habit of some freak results like this season. We got absolutely obliterated at Luton. Um, we drew with Derby at home. And yeah, we lost with one of the few teams that Barnsley have beaten this season. So uh, I could easily see Reading nicking it 1-0. Um, as I said to you on our podcast earlier, we are creating so many chances that we could give somebody a hammer in. And I know obviously Reading are, are, are very partial to conceding late goals. So um, I, I think it could be maybe a 3-1 calf. I think Reading might, might, might score... Um, I think we might come back. We've we've got a few options on the bench, and we're a bit stronger now. So hopefully we'll win. We need a win really to kind of give us a back a little slim chance of the playoffs. Although it is unlikely with the calibre teams we're competing against, but we've got a win really Saturday to get us back in the mix. I would love to see you cover it up on Saturday. I have to say, one nil Reading would be absolutely delightful if um, if that could happen. But we'll, we sure have to wait and see. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening today. And thanks, Glenn, for, for joining us. Um, if you don't want to just plug your uh, plug yourself and plug your podcast, any Reading fans out there can go and check out the uh, the preview that we've done. Yep. So um, our pod, our Twitter handle is at SkyBlueFansTV1. Um, obviously, our podcast is SkyBlueFans. TV. It's available on Spotify, Anchor, FanHub, and also on Apple Podcasts. So you can listen to it as well. And um, we obviously do an Instagram channel, so it also does um, content from the match days, etc. So yeah, we we do some interesting things, and we also do a review after the game, which will be out on Sunday evening. 
our review as well will be out sometime on Sunday of the 150th birthday party being held this weekend against Coventry. Uh, Be sure to listen in then and we shall speak to you all very soon. Cheers.